whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you're producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. But I definitely believe that if you take the initiative and you pound on doors, you know, people want people who are hungry and ambitious. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's the Kara Golden Show, and this is Kara, and we are here with David Novak. I'm so excited to have David here. I was actually on his podcast a few weeks ago, and we started chatting as I normally do, and I was like, will you come be on mine? It'd be so (laughs) awesome. And uh, just a little bit of background on David. So David is uh, the founder and CEO of David Novak Leadership, as he just reminded me, is in uh, uh, blissful heaven over in uh, Florida, hanging out right now, and uh, in 
wonderful weather and uh, enjoying himself. But uh, for those of you who are not familiar with David, he uh, is a retired chairman and CEO of Yum Brands, one of the world's largest restaurant companies with over 45,000 restaurants across the world. And brands included KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. But like I said, he has just some major, major wisdom and know-how and leadership and has written some incredible leadership books too, if you haven't checked them out. Some of his books include the New York Times bestseller, Taking People With You, The Only Way to Achieve Big Things, The Education of an Accidental CEO, and Lessons Learned from the Trailer Park to the Corner Office. And his latest is Oh Great One, A Little Story About the Awesome Power of Recognition, which by the way, I loved so much. It was such a great book. So Thank you so much for being here, David. And let's just jump in. I mean, where where does the story begin? Tell me, young years of David. I have a really interesting background, Kara. That you probably don't know too many people like me. I, I was uh, born in Beeville, Texas, which is outside of San Antonio. My dad was a government sur- surveyor, and so the biggest house uh, we lived in by the time I was in seventh grade was eight feet wide by forty six feet long, and it was a trailer. <laughs> And my dad would survey in small towns with his surveying party, and we'd move every three months. My mom would check me into schools, uh, and she'd say, David, you better make friends because we're leaving. And uh, But I thought everybody did that, Kara. You know, I was very blessed. My, my mom and dad were so supportive for me. All they wanted for me to do was to live the American dream. I was the first kid to go to the, get a college education in, in either one of their families. And, uh, you know, everything's turned out well. But, you know, I think my biggest break in life was having parents like my mom and dad and being born in this country where I really do believe you can you can achieve great things if you set your mind to it. So you did you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. You know, we we it's funny, we we lived in a trailer and uh no matter how big the house is now, Kara, when we get together for Fourth of July or or Christmas, we all end up sitting on the couch clumped up right next to each other. It's just, uh, you know, you're sort of a, a creature of, of how you grow up. Uh, but we have a very close-knit family and it continues to be that way. I love it. And so you first in your family to go to college. Right. And did you know that you were going into business or what was kind of your mindset? I went to uh, the University of Missouri mainly because I could afford it because I lived in Kansas City. It was in-state tuition. But I was mm-hmm. a writer in high school. So the University of Missouri had a really good journalism school. And so once I, uh, I was a pretty bad student my first couple of years, but once I got into journalism school and started taking advertising courses, I found what I loved. I was lucky right off the bat. I found what I loved and it, I loved advertising. I loved marketing. I loved learning about consumers. And then all of a sudden I never, ever had to study again because all I did was just, I just learned. I mean, I couldn't wait to learn more about marketing and advertising and, uh, and, and I think that was, uh, a, a real key for me because so many people go through life and they don't really find what they love until it's really late in their life. But I, I was able to get that in college. And, you know, I started out as an advertising copywriter in a small advertising agency, wanted to move up, uh, 
ended up uh, going to Pittsburgh, worked on the Heinz 57 account. Then I went to, I thought, oh, I got to go to New York because everybody in advertising goes to New York. But frankly, Kara, I just didn't feel comfortable in New York when I was there. I got job offers, but it just didn't feel like a place that I was going to love. But I got this uh, job offer to go down and be the account executive on Tostitos brand tortilla chips in Dallas working on the Frito-Lay business. And that felt really great to me. I went there and uh, I worked with all the Frito-Lay people, ended up running that account as management supervisor at a very young age. And the president of Frito-Lay called me up and said, David, you know, have you ever thought about coming on the client side and, and, and running the marketing department? And uh, I said, wow, that'd be something else. He's, well, the Pizza Hut job's open. Would you be interested? So I go and interview with Steve Reineman, who later became the chairman of PepsiCo. And uh, he offered me the job that morning. And uh, Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices. Snacks and beverages now, too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part? Each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. 
I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Uh, I became the head of marketing for Pizza Hut. And that's how I got into PepsiCo because PepsiCo had Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC, Frito-Lay, and, uh, and, and Pepsi. That was a huge, huge opportunity for me. Massive opportunity. Yeah. And so what do you think was the biggest difference between being internal versus being on kind of being on the client side versus being yeah. external? Well, one of the things, you know, that I love doing in the agency business was I love doing more than my job. I love mm-hmm. trying to make the client feel like, give them, surprise them. I always like to surprise them with extra. So I always brought them marketing ideas. I was a, I, I did annual operating plans for people. I mean, I really got into the business and I, I loved it. But what always frustrated me is I would give these people really great ideas and they wouldn't do anything with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I hated not being able to follow through and get the results. And the other thing that I didn't, really appreciate about the agency business is, is you always have to present the agency point of view. One time I got into this big argument with a creative director. I thought the work that we were going to take to Frito-Lay wasn't good. She was executive creative director. She thought it was great. And I knew they wouldn't like it. And, you know, my boss said, she, we got to give her a shot. We got You go over there and sell that work. So I go over there and, you know, the head of Frito-Lay hated the, the work. They said, how could you bring us to, to us, David? And, you know, I didn't like having to present something that I wasn't 100% a believer in. Mm-hmm. And so what the biggest difference for me was, is now I get to go to the client side. There's no excuses. I could take something from beginning to end. If I have a new product idea, I can come up with it. I can drive it deep. I can make it happen. And then I didn't have to, to sell anything I didn't believe in. You know, I mean, I, there wasn't the agency point of view, you know, and I hated sacrificing my integrity in any way, shape or form. I was pretty stubborn about that, you know, so I, I really like being in control of my destiny. I think in the client side, you, you really can't do that. There's a lot of great agency people. But if I was in the agency business today, I'd want to be the writer, you know, not the account person. I'd want to be the person that really delivers the product that the client has to have and they can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's. That's where the most fun is. My dad was actually on the advertising side, and then he went in-house. I think you and I talked about this. He went to Armor Food Company, and he had actually launched at Armor Food Company initially a brand called Dinner Classics, which became 
healthy choice. And they were acquired by ConAgra. But he always talked about, you know, his he loved really the copy side, which is where he started too, and and the language of it and the yeah. storytelling and and uh, so anyway, I see a lot of what you're saying, a lot of wisdom around it because yeah. he always believed that that's really what kind of got to the essence of the brand. Yeah. Well, your dad doing healthy choices that you, it was in your blood to to launch hints, you know, so you could have healthy choices. There you well, go. It's a it's a funny story because people I was actually I got a phone call from an agency that was working with ConAgra a couple of years ago and it's interesting because they said, "Oh, did he always want health?" and I said, "No, it was it was a crazy story. My mom decided when I was in kindergarten to go back to work." And so so the choice was, you'll remember this, Stouffer's t- TV dinners. And so right. my dad, instead of actually learning to cook, my dad said, I'm not having Stouffer's TV dinners again tonight. I work for a food company. I'm going to figure out how to have better and healthier foods. And that is how it began. And yeah. so his initial campaigns, which they were trying to find, was actually trying to speak to men about women going back to work yeah, and not actually having dinner on the table for them. I mean, just and you look well, he at was it now. He was inherently a problem solver, just like you. Right? You know, that's what you do. You tried to solve the problem. All entrepreneurs really try to solve the problems, you know. And, you know, when I was in the agency business, I knew Frito-Lay needed new products. And, you know, I worked on the Doritos account and they had uh, nacho cheese Doritos, which was really great, but they were kind of running out of gas with that. It's still doing well, but they needed mm-hmm. some more news. So I didn't go to the the, the snack aisle to come up with ideas. I went to the salad dressing aisle and I, I saw all these salad dressings and the fastest growing salad dressing was Cool Ranch, was ranch, uh, ranch flavored uh, salad dressing. So I launched Cool Ranch Doritos and Which was came up brilliant. with the name and, you know, it was a huge seller. But, you know, I always use that as an example that, you know, you can learn so much by getting out and, and seeing what other people are doing and not going necessarily to the to the obvious places. And I did that throughout my career. I, I think one of the, the biggest things that I see in leaders like yourself and leaders that I interview is that they're avid learners. You know, mm-hmm. they just, you know, they, they just are just craving information, craving ideas, looking for the way how other people do it. And then they're pattern thinkers. And they say, well, hey, look, if, you know, free is doing this, how could we do this at Procter & Gamble? Or, you know, you, you, you say, oh, okay, if they're doing this, how could I do it? And there's so, so many true. ideas that you can develop it just by keeping your mind open to, to how other people do things. Well, I think also just the fact that you stayed in innovation too, right? I mean, you wanted to still stay creative, which I think yeah. are the best CEOs today are really the ones that, I mean, even during the pandemic, I you know, saw this hole for hand sanitizers, as crazy yeah. as that sounds. And I said, wait, how can we make a better hand sanitizer? Because these yeah. are some of these smell rancid. So still being involved and to your point, actually being aware of what else is out there is so key. You know, I, I loved what I did. And when I was running Young Brands, because I love people and mm-hmm. we had like 1.4 million employees around the world. You know, I, I love food and, you know, I, I love to eat and I, I think I have, you know, great taste buds, you know, and, and I think I've got a good sense for what people are going to like, like. And I love marketing and yeah. consumer behavior and understanding consumers. So that's what you do in the food service industry. And and so it was it was really, you know, an, an amazing thing for me to be in something that I, I an area that had everything that that I really love. 
And that's really a lot of fun when you can get up to it every day and go in there and fire it up and, and try to figure out it. how to innovate. But I think innovation is solving problems. You know, one of the things we did at Taco Bell, which was really fun, is we launched three products, a quesadilla, a grilled stuffed burrito, and a crunch wrap, and they all did poor in test markets. But then we found out that the single biggest problem that consumers had with Taco Bell is that our products weren't portable when you go through the drive-thru. That's hmm. a big problem, you know, and they were messy to eat, okay? So we went back and, and repositioned those products on the basis of portability. The crunch wrap became good to go. The, the quesadilla was the hottest new handheld. We actually had Jeff Bezos do the advertising, you know, years ago. And then, you know, grilled, the grilled stuff burrito became our heavy duty portable. We solved the problem of, of being messy to eat, not on, uh, on the go. And the, the sales went through the roof. So, you know, I think all of, you know, everybody really needs to look for those pockets of opportunity that come through from solving problems. I think that that's so key. Would you th say that was one of the biggest lessons you learned uh, in your time at Yum Brands? Yeah, yeah I always said that, uh, you know, I I'm a big consumer behavior person. I think the most important question you can ask if you're running the business is what consumer perceptions, habits do you have to reinforce or, or change to grow your business, okay? So you really got to understand what's going on inside consumers' minds. And then, you know, what can you reinforce about your brand that really drives home what's important to them? And what do you need to change to make your, yeah. your, your brand more relevant? And I think once you understand what the, the answer to that question, you can, you can grow any business. For, for Taco Bell, it was... Clearly, the fact that we didn't have uh, the portability that people were looking for. We were too messy to eat when you went through the drive-thru and picked up the food. You know, you couldn't eat it on the go. Once we fixed that, we, we drove our sales. For KFC, it became value around the world. Interesting. And, I, you know, what's so interesting that you touched on, too, is that if you were to ask consumers, do you want portability? The, the Taco Bell consumer, do you want portability? They probably would say, no. Not really. I just want a good taco, right? Or that I want good food. But yet you get in there and then you actually tell them what they need. I mean, Steve Jobs was famous for this, that he said, I, I, I didn't ask the consumer. I saw what the consumer needed. Yeah. And I solved the problem, which it, I think- You did too. You did the yeah. same thing with Hint. You know, and, and I think that's, that's what, you know, almost everybody, you know, that I know that's an entrepreneur solves, solves that problem. You know, I never liked research that told you what you were to do. I like to get, yeah. what I loved was problem detection studies. Mm -hmm. We always had consumers tell us all the problems they had with our brands and with the category. Then we had them say, okay, what are the most important problems you have? And then, you know, how, how frequently do, do they occur? And then if you could solve the most important problem that occurs most frequently, you are going to kick some butt in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and that's what everybody does when they disrupt the category. And, and you know, I think people so really need to get inside of how people think, you know, and, and, and what the behaviors are. And then you can really make some hay. I think that that is so true. So we, one of the, I mentioned this before, but your book, Oh, Great One, A Little Story About the Awesome Power of Recognition, which is so great. So talk to me about recognition and the importance yeah. of that in employees. Yeah. Well, you know, the most compelling story that had the biggest impact on my business career was when I was running operations for Pepsi. And 
I always went out and went into the plants every morning and six o'clock, I bring coffee and donuts. And I sit around with people, the route salesmen, people who worked in the warehouse, et cetera, and ask them what was working, what wasn't working. And so one, one time I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm talking to eight merchandisers, eight route salesmen, and I'm talking to them about merchandising. And they all start raving about this guy named Bob, who's sitting directly across the table from me. They said, you want to know about merchandising and how to deal with customers? You need to talk to Bob. He taught me more in four hours than I learned my first two years. Oh, yeah, Bob, you should see him with customers. He's amazing. This guy's incredible. I looked across the table, just like I'm looking at you right now, and he had tears in his eyes. And I said, Bob, why are you crying? <laughs> These people are heaping all this praise on you. He said, well, I've been in this company for 47 years. I'm retiring in two weeks. And I didn't know people felt this way about me. And that hit me in the gut. And I said to myself, whatever business I run, whatever team I have, I'm going to make sure that recognition is the number one value that I try to drive home, the number one behavior that I want to have in our company. So I'm a big believer in purposeful recognition. That's a great story. If you have five, let's say, I don't know, Kara, when you look at your company, what are like the three or four behaviors that you know if your people do, you're going to have great results? Sales, right? Yeah. I mean, that's- Great at sales. Uh, right. Great at sales. I think also, especially during the pandemic, looking at just making sure that people- recognize that they're part of the team, so right? So team players. Team okay. players and costs. Costs. Okay. Being pro pr productivity. Okay. Right. So so if those are the three big things you know that drive behavior, recognize the heck out of them. Yeah. You recognize those three things all the time. And then you tell people in front of their peers and in front of, you know, and you do it spontaneously or whatever, you're going to get more of it. And, and so I actually have a training program in my David Novak leadership, which is called Purposeful Recognition. And it's all about how to do recognition in a way that's powerful. Now, I had a lot of fun in recognition. Our culture at Yum Brands, we, got, we had great results. We had unbelievable years. And people would tell you the number one reason was because of our culture. And the single biggest thing that people loved in our culture was the recognition we did. I gave away these Yum, walk the talk teeth, that I would give and I'd, I'd do, it, do it spontaneously. Like, let's say you make a presentation and it's unbelievable. And, and I, I would go into my office and say, come back and say, have my, that YUM award. And I'd say, Kara, that technology presentation you just made was amazing. That's going to change the way how we do things around here. Thank you for all you do. I would write on it exactly what she did. I'd number it. I'd take a picture uh, with you. And then I'd say, look, you can do whatever you want with that picture. I'm going to send it to your frame, but I'm going to put your picture in my office because what you do is what makes our business tick. And if you went into my office in, in our headquarters, you would see that I have people that I recognized all around the world. I love it. From floor to ceiling. In fact, I even put them on a ceiling. You know, people love to see the, the CEO's office, and I wanted my office to represent what business is all about, which is people and people making really great things happen. And if I would have just done it, that would have been one thing. But I think leaders cast a shadow. People do what you do. What happened was, is people saw all the joy, all the power of what I did when I recognized people. 
and they came up with their own recognition awards. So if you were in construction, you might give away a shovel. If you love uh, basketballs, you might give away a little mini basketball, but you'd ride on them. And, and people all around the world, and it worked in every country, believe it or not, in China, you know, where people at India, I the UK, it. where people are still, it was powerful. It's a universal thing that people love. And so we, we made recognition a huge value in our company, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, it was very, very successful. So talk about your leadership institute that yeah, you have. Yeah. And well, you know, my whole approach now for the rest of my life is, is to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to develop a pipeline of leadership initiatives that help people become the best leaders they can be from elementary school to college to business. Okay. So I love it. You know, we have a program called Global Game Changers, which is for elementary school kids where we teach them self-esteem. What is it that makes them unique? That becomes their superpower and you apply your talent to that and that's how you're successful. Then we have this program called Lead for Change where I took my take taking people with you book. We mm -hmm. create a curriculum for middle schools and high schools. And it's, you know, we've reached over a million and a half kids the last five years. Then we have uh, uh, the Novak Leadership Institute at the University of Missouri, where we have 12 hours of curriculum on leadership development. And then we have, um, uh, I've created David Novak Leadership for aspiring leaders. And that's why I do my podcast, How Leaders Lead, which you were so nice enough to come on. And because I have access to people that other people never get access to. And I can interview people like you and people can learn from you. And, you know, that's a big benefit that you give people because I want to help people uh, be the best leader they can be. The problem in our society, I think today, certainly in business, there's a recognition deficit out there mm -hmm. where people don't feel valued for what they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's a leadership de deficit. You know, 80% of people go to work and they're disengaged. Why is that? That's because there's terrible leaders out there. There's toxic leadership. The people aren't leading in the right way. So I want to do everything I can to help people lead better, have the light bulb go off in their head that they can say, gee, if I do that, man, I can make a difference not only in my life, but somebody else's life. And you know, Kara, the best leaders are other directed. You know, the, the happiest people in the world care more about other people than they do themselves. And, so it, and, and it always comes back to you. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe you how, how much recognition I got. I've got more recognition. You know, my, I could fill my office with recognition, CEO of the year, Horatio Alger, all this stuff. I never intended to get any of that, but it came from, you know, focusing on other people. And, you know, bingo, it, it comes right back at you. That's so true. What do you think, I mean, managing during the pandemic, obviously, we're living in a virtual world today. How do you think that's changed leadership? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's actually helped a lot of people under, understand what leadership is all about mm -hmm. because people had to go online. They had to go virtual. More, more CEOs know their companies better today than they did before the pandemic. Because they've they've been forced to go online, to have town halls, to have uh, you know webinars, you know, and I think that that's opened the door up, you know, for for better communication. And you know, Sam Walton said it best: the more you know, the more you care. 
And I think people are learning that people who work in your company want to know what's going on and they want to hear it straight from the, the horse's mouth. So I actually believe there's been a lot of good that's come out culturally because of COVID. But I, I do think that collaboration, you know, is, is very difficult to do online. And, mm-hmm. you know, humans have got to do what computers can't. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, empathy, being empathetic, being collaborative, this, these are the skills that, you know, I think that, that are needed in the, you know, in the next decade to, to really get the kind of innovation and, and to stay competitive. So I think people will, you know, be, do better at that when they, they actually go back to work. But I don't know, maybe it'll be four days in the office and one day at home, because I think the balance part of life is something that people have understood now better than ever before. Yeah, it's definitely come up as as a topic. I was part of a Fortune group a few weeks ago, and we were talking exactly about this. And I think that the challenge is that while you know it sounds great to work remotely, I think that there are you know millennials are seventy percent of the workforce right now, and there's a, n- a number of millennials who actually, for a variety of reasons, maybe they they have roommates in their living environment, or they just don't have the connectivity, and and they also, while they might not have considered the guy that sat in the desk next to them as as a friend, they sort of enjoyed him being there and saying, "Hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh, how was yeah. your weekend?" And yeah. just simple things like that, I think, are being missed right now. Right. But does it go back to five days a week? I doubt it. Yeah, I think for most office jobs, I think there's there's something in there. But I also think that you know, you talked about empathy, and and I think there's there's a line there also between you know somewhere around recognition and get and talking to people and getting to know them too and some of the mental health issues that i think are so uh they're they're there and yeah. as a leader trying to really dig in i think it's at times i feel like i'm a you know the den mother to yeah. some extent trying to really understand what is going on in the company and it's a tricky time i think to lead yeah i, I agree with you but you know and and, and i think that you know, the best leaders are high touch, mm-hmm. you know, in their own way. They have a, a way of, of, of being there, being knowing there the with, team. knowing yep. the team. And, you know, it's hard to do that virtually. You know, it's, it, you know, you, you can learn a lot and there's a lot of things that I think people have picked up. But I think the CEOs who have learned about the communication and how valuable it is, they weren't that good at it before. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I I've, seen, I've seen the light bulbs go off on people that didn't quite get it, but now they get it now a little bit better. Okay. And, but to, to your point, there's no substitute for being able to walk down the, the, the hallways, poke your head into somebody's office, ask them how it's going and having that conversation where all of a sudden one plus one equals three. I mean, that's powerful. That's a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it was, uh, I'm so curious to get your thoughts on this. So I was speaking to a group of college interns at a friend of mine's company. She asked me to come in and and speak to them. And one of the interns asked me, she prefaced the question by saying, you know, it's a tough job market. And I'm, and how would you go and get a job? And mm. I said, you know, you, first of all, you're not going to be able to get a job when you actually think what you think right now, right? You've got to actually go in and go. And and what I ended this conversation with her by saying is that I don't believe that it's impossible for an entry-level 
person to go and get a job. Right. I, and do you, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. But you have to take the initiative. You know, you, totally. you've got to go in there and you, you got to get started. You're not going to start out as CEO. You know, totally. I, I started out as an advertising copywriter, you know, writing ads for real estate companies and bank ads. You know, and it was like I, I was in the, this little cubby hole. I made 7,200 yeah. bucks. A, but I got started. And then I could look up and I'd say, who's doing that job up there that I'd like, you know, ahead of me? Do they have anything I don't have? No. I'm going to do that job. Now I'm going to go make that happen. And then I go from that job to the next job, to the next job. And, but you got to get started. But I definitely believe that if you take the initiative and you pound on doors, you know, people want people who are hungry and ambitious. I think that's so true. So then that part two of this conversation came from a manager inside of the company. And she said, my company is downsizing. And she mm-hmm. said, how do I keep my job? Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're a manager or a director, and it's real, right? Yeah. Companies are downsizing. I mean, how do you make sure that you're noticed? How do you, all yeah. of these things, yeah. and especially in a virtual ro- world, how yeah. do you do that? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's really tough in a virtual world. It's tougher. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think what you, the way you stay, get noticed is, you have more desire to learn, more desire to contribute than anybody else. And people see that in you. Mm-hmm. People see that burning desire to contribute. And yeah, I love it. You know, people are going to downsize, but, you know, there'll be some people who get to stay. Mm-hmm. So who's, do you want to be that one that's going to stay? Well, then you do everything you can, okay? to demonstrate your worth, your value, your ability to contribute to the, to the enterprise. And if, if you're not doing it better than the next person next to you, you're going to lose your job. That's yeah. the way it's always been. I think you know, that's so true. You know, we've had a lot, there's been downsizing going on for a long time in corporations, you know, just because people have got to be productive. You mentioned the third, you know, the third thing that you want to recognize is productivity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you can do something with fewer people, as much as you love people, you'll you'll do it because your company will grow faster and you'll you'll uh, be able sure. to provide more jobs for somebody else. Okay, so who stays? It's the yeah. people that you know are going to uh, bring home the bacon. Well, and I think it's also those people that might even you know recognize the bigger picture of the company and what yeah. you can do to to some extent even take on extra. Yeah, right to sort absolutely. of in areas that have been needed, but maybe not needed for a full time role. So that was sort of my advice too. That That's don't perfect. be afraid to roll up your sleeves and be scrappy and yeah. say, "Let's just go get it done." I agree with that, and and I think that I've always said my way of saying it that the best leaders, the best people, always play on two teams. Mm-hmm. They play on their team and the team and the total that. team. You know, and, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's, that's the person though, that, you know, has stretch that has potential that, and, and, and those are the people you want to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. And those are the people who during challenging times will, you know, stay or get recruited to go and do something else. And absolutely. And that's one thing, by the way, that the reason why I wrote, oh, great one. There are two reasons why people change jobs. Okay. One is they don't feel appreciated for what they do, mm-hmm. which means lack of recognition. Mm-hmm. The second, 
The second reason why people change jobs is they don't get along with their boss. And you know what the number one reason why they don't get along with their bosses is they don't feel appreciated. Okay. It's so, so true. And so, you know, to me, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can. And I, that's why I wrote the book, which is all about my experiences. It's in a parable form, but that, you know, I was the, the basically uh, the guy who was running Happy Face Toy Company in, in the book. You know, I did all those things that were in the book and it's a fun way to talk, tell your story. And, but, you know, I, I think, you know, people need to understand that recognition could be your, your secret weapon as a, mm-hmm. as a leader. You know, a lot of people say, well, what if I recognize somebody? Will they work as hard? Well, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Of course, they'll work just as hard. You know, they'll work harder. And some people say, if I recognize Bill, Sally won't like it. Well, if you're only going to recognize one person for the rest of your life, maybe you shouldn't, you know, ever, you know, but can't you recognize Sally when she does something well? Yeah. You know, Absolutely. So, so it's just like, hey, people come up with all these reasons of why you can't do it. Okay. Well, and that's, it's crazy. That's life, right? Yeah, people yeah. will come up with the walls, but it's the people that figure out how to climb over the wall or knock down the wall, right? Are yeah. the ones that ultimately yeah. Yeah. will be the ones growing. Well, I absolutely love this. And David, you are such an inspiration on so many levels. Uh, so where can people find out more in addition to all your amazing books, which everybody yeah. should pick yeah. up and yeah. come listen to his yeah. podcast as well, which is so great. Where can people find you? Yeah, well, uh, davidnovakleadership.com. You can learn about, that's where you can tune in to our podcast. And I think they're great. Uh, you know, I'm just, they post, are. just posting one this week with uh, Marvin Ellison, the CEO of uh, Lowe's. And you're going to be posted, I think, in the next six weeks, you know, which Woo-hoo! I can't, yeah, you know, it would be great to have you on. And I also try to do daily uh, inspirations on Twitter at David Novak Ogo, you know, where I just try to, every morning I get up, do my gratitudes. And then I think about, well, what could I share with people today that might, might help them be a little bit better at what they do or think about the world in a more positive way. So I, I you know, love that, but, but I'm, I'm like you, Kara, you know, I love being able to, to make a difference you know, help people in this world. And uh, it brings a lot of joy in my life. So I, I really do appreciate having the opportunity to, to talk a little bit on, on your show. I'm sorry if I talk too much. No, not at all. It's just, I feel every minute I'm, I'm hanging on to it because you're yeah. just a legend. So, yeah. so thanks everybody for listening. Come back and uh, every Monday and Wednesday and come listen to us and give David five stars because he is awesome. And we can't wait to have you back for more conversations, but definitely pick up his books, everybody. They're so inspiring. So we will see you all soon. Thanks, everybody. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. 
Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.